This is Marriage Grit, robust, real marriage talk with Jason and Emma Schroeder. Hi, and welcome to Marriage Grit. Grit, by definition, is courage, passion, resolve, and strength of character. We are excited, we are, to stand with you as together we build these sorts of marriages. This is what we believe Jesus gives life to the full marriage looks like. Season four. Season four. It continues. And this season, we have expert minis. Expert Expert minis. minis. So this will be our second week looking at the work of Paul David Tripp in his book, Marriage. Marriage, six gospel commitments every couple needs to make. And this is a meaty book (laughs) that is, I think, life-changing. Yeah. And 25 years in... Mm. For Uh, you and I. Yeah, for you and I. This is helping me be a better husband. Mm. uh, I think it's helping you be a better husband. In quite confronting ways. (laughs) Em's like, about time. Uh, No, it's helping me be a better wife. Yes. So commitment one, we will give ourselves to a regular lifestyle of confession and forgiveness. Commitment Mm. two, we will make growth and change our daily agenda. Commitment three, we will work together to build a sturdy bond of trust. Commitment four, we will commit to building a relationship of love. Commitment five, we will deal with our differences with appreciation and grace. Commitment six, we will work to protect our marriage. And I mean, those titles don't sound amazing. No, I mean, they, they sound good. Good, but yeah. it is just extraordinary. So anyway, I think we should just jump right in. Jump right in. Yes. So we're working out of the 2021 edition. So it's actually had a few amendments since mm. its original publication in 2010. And so last month, babe, you did Gospel Principle 2. Yeah. And today I am bouncing into... Well, commitment 2. Sorry. Commitment 2. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Marriage Commitment 2, and Mm. I'm doing Marriage Commitment 4. Good. We will commit to building a relationship of love. Now, Mm. like as you've just said, you're like, yeah, of course. You know, so in some ways that sounds a bit naff, a bit cliche, a bit predictable. Uh, But this this chapter stopped me in my tracks a number of times as as I've read it. In fact, your response, babe, was what? (laughs) was uh, <laughs> stuff a duck. <laughs> it's a good uh, – and then we were we were trying to figure out where that came from. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, like a 90s throwback. If you're not in Australia, that may sound very strange. I, I And I was like, is it something from Hey Hey It's Saturday with Plucker Duck? Maybe. Uh, is there a connection there? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. But, but every now and then stuff a duck stuff comes a out of Jace's mouth, which kind of feels like uh, – It's a Christian swear word perhaps, <laughs> so apologise if that offends you. Uh, Uh, But I'm like, this is, man, we need God's help to pull this off. Yeah. So I feel like God's got my number, particularly in relation to kind of relearning definitions of love. And uh, I had the privilege of sharing a a message on agape love recently uh, at church. And so, you know, agape love, that unconditional God-authored, others-focused love that we often hear, you know, aptly quoted in many wedding ceremonies Mm -hmm. from 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. And so this chapter is really unpacking this sort of love. But, I mean, Tripp really unpacks it here in a a big, meaty way, actually causing us to consider, have we built our marriages on this sort of love, God's love and agape love, Mm. or in fact, is it a self-love or a faux love? Uh, And like Peter Grieg, one of my other kind of 
favourite authors, he he penned a, a Valentine's Day poem this year, which he shared on his Instagram, and and he he kind of was <laughs> saying God needs to forgive us, forgive him where we've made love a cheap, hysterical, isolating thing, mm. and so in some ways that's kind of the sentiment here of the chapter is it's actually meant to be a bit convicting, even a bit confronting, maybe where we've misaligned love. And so I'm going to pull out a couple of key quotes and principles from this chapter and then kind of lead us to a couple of next steps. So there's two parts to this gospel commitment here. And part one is what love is and what it's not. And so Tripp would say, I'm quoting here, there are many things that we call love that simply do not rise to the level of what love is. We lack a clear definition of what love is and what love does. And so we can think we have in our marriage maybe a normal, even acceptable way of expressing love or being love, and yet we can actually then become quite satisfied with that, not even realising that that love we may have has actually fallen incredibly short of the love that God designs to have within our marriage. Mm. Tripp would say that couples are limping through the noise of a broken marriage and don't even know it. And so he then goes on to say that that kind of tingling, sparkling sensation love that then dwindles, which will, we then can either look outside marriage for that same feeling again, or we just get used to living with a love that is largely transactional. And Tripp would say that a love without activity, without an other's focus, without love, without life is actually a love drought. And so then he goes on to say, well, how do you know if you're in a love drought, if you haven't maybe identified this or seen this? He, he gives us some markers for what may indicate that there is a love drought in our marriages. And so he talks about disunity. And because love celebrates who made God made the other person to be, love celebrates the change in the middle, middle of difficulty or difference. If, if we're living outside the posture of that, living in a posture of disunity, that may be a marker that we're in a love drought. If we're in a constant flux of misunderstanding, he says if little things continually become big confusing things and if plans that look simple become convoluted and complicated and we're living in a state of continual misunderstanding, that could be a marker of love drought. He said if separation, he said because love is willing, God's love, agape love is willing to make the painful sacrifices that togetherness always demands. And so if we're posturing against that into separation, that can be a marker. Physical dysfunction. Because love finds joy in the physical comfort, satisfaction and safety of the other and it sees sex as serving, if we're in a posture of physical dysfunction, that can be a marker. And then he goes on to say conflict. If we're in a constant state of conflict, because conflict should cause us grief because love loves peace. (laughs) I thought that was beautiful. Love loves peace and hates conflict. And so if that is a marker of one of our relationships, that could indicate a love drought. And so we may not be in that realm. We may look at that list and go, oh, okay, yeah, we're doing, we're doing all right there. But then he actually goes on to talk about a whole nother posture of love that we may be living with and not even realise. And he calls this faux love. And this sort of love is counterfeit and can wear convincing masks. And furthermore, at the root of this faux love is actually about how good the other person has made us feel or look. And this is, isn't is actually an agape love. It's actually a self-love. Yeah. 
So the love we are designed to have in a marriage, Trip would say, is an others focus love it's not about a self-love but it's actually about the opposite it's about a self-sacrificing love and so he unpacks that so sheesh that's a lot Mm, it is (laughs) it's quite convicting sobering and confronting and and it really impacted us when we were considering these love drought and faux love and self-love markers yeah and and so i think we shouldn't be afraid to ask deep probing questions Mm. and so don't be afraid of this book just because of how we're representing it here (laughs) it could be one of the most powerful things for you or then for someone else that you're helping walk through a a difficult journey and so I guess with this point too that there's there's not a clear simple practical step this is not a ABC do these three things in your marriage and it will improve 20% this is an open-hearted posture Mm. which actually cuts to the core of who we are and what we're expecting from the other and what we are willing to give. And so I just encourage us to be courageous in this space to and to hold it before God, this open-hearted, God, would you show me what your love looks like? What are the possibilities inside this marriage based on your definition of love, your practice and outworking of love, not just what we've currently experienced, not how far you've taken us with this, but really how far this can go in you. Yeah, beautiful. And so part two of this uh, chapter then goes on to sort of unpack the sort of love that our marriages need to be fueled by. So he provides a, provides a contrast to this drought, counterfeit self or faux love. And mm. essentially it's bouncing out of the, the principles that we see in 1 Corinthians 13. And so the sort of love our marriage should emulate and embrace and be founded on is a love that is willing. It's a self-sacrifice love for the good of the other that does not require reciprocation or that person being loving or deserving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's easy to say, isn't it? <laughs> really easy to say. That's a nice little sentence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so some markers, again, some markers of, of what this sort of love should look like is that this sort of love looks like not being defensive or lazy. It's about being a good student of your spouse. It's being willing to invest invest time and energy to face problems. It's a love that asks for forgiveness. It's being faithful to your promises. It's a love that speaks kindly and gently. It's a love that's unwilling to flatter, manipulate or deserve. It's a love that doesn't allow your spouse to be the source of your identity. It's a love that makes personal sacrifices that refuses to be demanding. And so Tripp finishes this chapter with this. We need to be confronted with the fact that love is fundamentally deeper and more active than some warm romantic feeling or affection towards someone to who you are attracted. It is not a generalised response of happiness when you are with this person. No, love is a specific commitment of the heart to a specific person that God has called you to that causes you to give yourself to a specific lifestyle that requires you to be willing to make sacrifices to have the person's good in your view. Yeah, just hit hit that rewind button and listen to that a few times. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> and so I love this. I love he he concludes by saying love is never general and it never remains in the realm of feelings. Rather, love desires, thinks, chooses, decides, acts and speaks in an ongoing day-by-day commitment to the welfare of another. Real love, and I love these words, is concrete, specific and active. Yeah. 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 And so it's impossible for us to do this in our own strength. And, you know, 
Trip then calls that out in the in the final paragraphs. He would say that this is ridiculously high. The bar is too high for mm. us to even True. attempt this. We need God's help. We need Holy Spirit. We need an ongoing revelation of God's love. We need to give ourselves to God's love so he shows us his love because we can't do this without his love. Mm. Yeah, great, great. And so so for us, don't, don't feel disheartened <laughs> with any of this. Feel curious. Yeah. Feel... Like it draw us to a place of humility yeah. saying, yes, I, I want a supernatural marriage filled with the love of God, not just my ability to manufacture whatever. And so God, I invite you into that space. So let's take a moment right now and, and do that. So just hold yourself in, in that open-hearted posture of prayer right now. Mm. And so Father, we thank you that you are perfect love. We thank you that there is perfect love on display through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that as we are filled with your spirit today, there is a power for us to live in a way that goes beyond our greatest ability because we are filled with all ability as we are filled with you. And so, God, would you show us what real love is? Mm-hmm. And would you empower us to live in light of your love? Would true agape love break out in us? God, would you show us the, the malformed structures of mm. being in us, the habits we've allowed to just become the norm? And God, we want to see a better way. We want your better way. And so for each listener here today, we ask that, there would be a work of your spirit that would free, that would liberate, that would point the way to an even better tomorrow where you would truly walk with and, Lord, you would fill these marriages with the wonder, the love, and the glory of God. Mm. And so we need you and we lean into your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, babe. Amen. So all the books we're referring to in this season will be linked in the show notes. So that's obviously now our final ep on Trip's book. We've only really just scratched mm. the surface of it. We look at a next another book. Stay tuned. Expert minis next month. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, beautiful. And just parting comment. Did you hear just a few seconds ago, Em called me beautiful babe. Did I? Have a good week, everyone. <laughs> Remember, we didn't sign up for easy, we signed up for gritty because our world needs robust, healthy marriages. Mistakes and mess are inevitable, so let's stay committed to tenacious growth together. We believe in you. We are praying for you. It's so worth it. Thank you for joining us at the Marriage Grit Podcast. If you'd like to connect further, go to our Marriage Grit Facebook page or email us at marriagegrit at c3hh.com.au.